can say there is no one else like you for you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no you do like you can save me like you do like you there is no one because you are great you do miracles miracles so great there is no one else like you there is no one else like you you are great do miracles so great there is no one else like you Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the Lord on this Sunday morning. Come on, come on. Can we please stand on our feet and give the Lord some praise on this Sunday morning? Can we thank Him for His goodness? Can we thank Him for His praise? Can we thank Him for His mercy? Can we thank Him for His provision? Can we thank Him for His protection? Can we thank Him for looking past all of my faults and still giving me what I need? Can I thank him for loving me when I wasn't lovable? I want to thank him for loving me when I wasn't even loving myself. I want to thank 
him for just being God all by himself. Glory, hallelujah, to the name of Jehovah God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship and adore you. We praise you in this, your house, O oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for these musicians on this morning. Let's thank the Lord for Derek and April and Jasmine and Steve getting here earlier on this morning. Our ushers, amen. To God be the glory. And I thank the Lord for all of you. We're so blessed. We're so blessed once again to be back into the house of the Lord here at Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We are located just outside of the wonderful town of Garrettsburg, and we're located in beautiful Northampton County. We thank the God that living for the most part here is very, very easy. I mean, there's some places where folks live, it sure enough is a rat race 24-7. And we have our own challenges, but thank, we thank God that it is as peaceful here overall as it has been for years. And we pray that it will continue to be that way. We have uh, a mission statement here at Ronald Salem. It comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, the last two verses. Jesus himself said, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We also have a saying, a motto, if you will, that this is the end of your search for a friendly church. And I truly believe that we do our very best to live up to that motto. Again, um, we're going to have now an opening selection. I want, before we go that far, though, I do want to just go ahead and acknowledge my sisters in Christ being here on this second Sunday morning, uh, Reverend E.K. Lee. Reverend Gloria Stevenson and Reverend Brenda Phillips, I thank the Lord for these three women who each and of themselves has a calling and a purpose uh, in ministry to the world, not just to Roanoke-Salem. But I certainly thank them. I certainly thank them, and I, want, I can't say it enough publicly. I thank them for their dedication and devotion to this church family, and I certainly thank them for their prayers and their support of me and they look they they don't just go by everything I say because I say so they can, they know they can call me and tell me and check me when they want to but what I appreciate about them is that when they do check me they still do it with a spirit of love because I don't know it all and I, I can't think of everything but these three sisters are certainly a great support group and anybody any pastor would be blessed to have three uh, sisters in Christ like these three to be with them on this Christian journey Come on, let's have an opening selection. Oh, but before I say that too, we got a featured guest uh, artist today. He's, he's come off tour just to come by here this, this Sunday morning in the person of Brother Garland Stevenson. So he's going to bless us in song on this Sunday morning. Oh, 
share a couple of uh, things, announcement-wise. First of all, a little housekeeping. Well, let me do this. Let me, let me back up. Stay on track. Stay on track. For those who are watching through Facebook Live and those who may be calling in, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us again on this Sunday morning. Uh, for those who are visiting with us and we see you from other churches, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm waving. That's right. I'm waving to my sis. Um, thank you for being here on this Sunday morning with us and certainly to our own church family. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us on this Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to continue to do what we can to make the service available through Facebook Live and through the conference line and through uh, the, the broadband. Derek, is that on today, the broadband? And that's 90.1 again? 90.3. So those, uh, if there are people in the parking lot, it's, um, and you all in here, because some Sunday you may come and be in the parking lot if you choose to, 90.3 on your FN dial. So thank you there, and I think there are a few, couple of people out in the parking lot. We, we know you're out there, we love you, and we're glad you were able to participate in service on this morning as well. Uh, also want to say that um, by way of offering, and Miss... Okay, Lisa or Miss Ernestine, will you all, okay, yeah, okay, thank you. So, of course, we're back in the sanctuary. What we're doing is when you come in the door, uh, we're asking you to drop your tithes and offerings off there. That way we don't have to do the money thing. And, you know, then you can do, because you can drop your tithes and offerings off and touch the money. And there's also some, should be some um, sanitizer right there. So you can immediately sanitize your hand if you want to. And we're going to take care of the folks in the parking lot. Those who are either uh, on the phone or those who may be by Facebook, you can certainly um, send your tithes and offerings in if you want to do that. It's P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, P.O. Drawer Z, Garrysburg, 27831. If you live in our immediate Northampton County area, Halifax County, you can come by the church if you choose to, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Miss Jean or Miss Peggy will gladly receive your tithes and offerings. And then if you choose to as well, you can go to our Facebook page, well, excuse me, our website, which is rsmbc.com, rsmbc.com. When you go there, click on that, and the front page, the, the, op the first page opens up across the very top. You'll see a tab there that says giving, and if you select that giving tab, then another page will open up, 
and it will show you how you can give online safely and security, securely. So please, uh, we, we thank you so much, church family, again, for your, your generous giving. And we ask you to continue to support the Lord's house and the, and the ministry and missionary work that we try to do here at Roanoke Salem. And let me share this with you all by way of praise report. Uh, Pastor Raj in India texted me uh, Wednesday. I think I went to Western Union Wednesday and Thursday morning because they're, they're 12 or so many hours ahead of us. But he texted me and said, got the money that we sent. And he said he wanted to make sure that I said to our church family, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much uh, for our donation to them. He said that, uh, you know, that money will go a long ways in feeding people and getting folks oxygen and getting people water and, and whatever they can do to try to help people. And it seems as though our prayers are being answered because the COVID uh, crisis in India, while it's still on, it's beginning to get better. Uh, they're seeing some begin a little bit of decrease in the number of, of infections and death in India. And so let's keep praying for India. But I wanted to make sure that I shared with you what Pastor Raj said, which is he wanted to make sure we, we I thank we, he, that we were thanked by them for what we've done for them uh, and what the donation that we shared with them. A couple of other things. Um, Sister Gertie Cotton, her her brother passed last week, and the funeral is this afternoon at 1 o'clock, graveside at the Phillips Funeral Home in Seaboard. It, Phillips Funeral Home, Phillips Cemetery. The Phillips Cemetery, I think many of you all probably know where that is. Rain, that's not so far. and her family. I'm sure she would appreciate it. And if you can't go, give her a, I mean, I know many of you are probably already called or text or sent her cards, but just let her know that you're thinking about her and keep her in the prayers. And uh, Sister Dozine Hampton just shared, first of all, Sister Dozine, we're so glad to see you. Uh, you have been with us all through the pandemic. Every time when we start having any kind of gatherings together, you have stuck with us. And um, thank you so much. And I know your pastor doesn't mind you coming here because he knows you were loyal to your church family. So that's not an issue at all. But uh, Sister Dozing shared this morning that she lost a sister who lives in Washington, D.C. And the funeral is again when Sister Dozing? Saturday coming. It, uh, her sister's name was Lola Ferguson. Is that correct? Sister Lola Ferguson, Sister Dozing's sister passed away. Her funeral will be this coming Saturday uh, in Washington, D.C. So Please, if you get a chance after service, uh, you know, just let Sister Dozine know. Sister Dozine, we are praying with you, praying for you, and if anything we can do at Roanoke Salem to help you at this time, we will be willing to do whatever we can. All you need to do is just let me know or let Miss Jean know, and we'll, we'll do what we can. We're willing to do what we can. Um, is there anything else? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, of course you can. Good morning, and I stand on behalf of the Stevenson family to thank you for your calls, your visits, your support during the time that my husband lost his brother, Arthur. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. He just reminded me uh, to thank you publicly because this is his uh, second church home, and he loves each and every one of you just like I do, and we just want to say thank you. And I just said, I'll get up and do it. He sings. And, but he loves to talk, and he may be a long-winded, amen. But we thank you for everything that you did, every call, everything. We love you, and thank you, and may God bless you. Reverend Barnes um, at First Baptist Severin has adopted Gloria, and we've adopted, um, we've adopted, Brother Garland, 
And Reverend Barnes has no problems at all with the fact that he knows, I jokingly say, he's, he's our watch care member. He, you know, he's our member. She belongs to him, so we, we, we're good with that. Um, that's the way it should be. Oh, and my wife just asked me to remind you all, those, first of all, those of you who took surveys last Sunday, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we need those turned in to today, right? It, okay, no later than tomorrow. If you, if you didn't bring it today, that's fine. But try to get it back to Miss Jean by the time she leaves here, uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow. And then Julia needs to get them turned back over to Keisha Gary. So thank you for taking the survey. Do we have any more today if somebody wants any? So if you were not here last Sunday and you would like to take a survey and you think you can get it filled out and turned in uh, back to Miss Jean by tomorrow, or you can call us and I guess we can do home pickup. Um, but anyway, if you didn't get one and you want one, thank you. And uh, those who did get them, thank you. And if you can, please get them turned back in to Miss Jean on tomorrow. Yes, ma'am. All right. All right, so I think that's everything by way of announcements. Um, again, let, let me just, yeah, let me just a little housekeeping related to what we try to do. So last Sunday worked out really well, conversations I had with different people as far as what we're trying to do. It worked out really well. For those who are here for the first time, uh, whether you're visitors or our own members that you weren't here last Sunday, the pews that have the little blue piece of tape on the ends, on either end, don't sit in those pews, please. Sit in the pews that don't have a piece of tape on them. And we've got a piece of uh, purple tape within the pews and, you know, showing you the distance. And if we, for example, right here on this first pew, we could have two more people sitting there as long as they were between that piece of tape in the middle and that piece of tape in the middle. We could have two more people sitting there uh, and be still socially distanced. So that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be as safe as we can based on the uh, Center for Disease Control in the state of North Carolina guidelines. And uh, thank you for your cooperation. Thank you for understanding. We do ask that you come in through that door in the mornings. Um, come in on Sunday mornings through the door here at the Fellowship Hall. We would ask that you exit right there where you see the exit sign and, the, and our two, uh, our two uh, ushers are sitting. Uh, and we would ask where, where Brother Jerry and Brother Jesse are sitting, if you would go out that door. Now, if you have problems walking or whatever it may be, if you have mo mo mobility issues and you need to go back out that door, that's fine. We, we're not trying to be strict and hard and fast, but we would ask you if you would, please, to exit through this door. The bathrooms are available down the hallway. The door is open right there. The bathrooms are open. We're going to ask folks to stay out of these two bathrooms because what we're trying to do is limit the areas that people move about in the church. Thank you for wearing your mask. We'll do our very best to uh, keep the service in a time frame that you don't get overwhelmed by wearing your mask. Uh, and I know for some people that's a challenge, but thank you. Um, there, prob there will probably come a time, don't know that it'll be before the end of this calendar year, but there'll probably come a time, and maybe where we say, okay, mask wearing is optional. If you want to wear one, you wear it. If you don't, you don't. But we're not there quite yet. The CDC still recommends at this point, well, the CDC doesn't say you have to wear a mask, but for our own safety purposes, we don't know who's been vaccinated, who hasn't. We're not trying to get into people's business about that. That's your choice. But for our own safety and the safety of everybody, we would ask at this time that you still please continue to wear masks. Um, again, I think, I think that's everything. I'm going to um, ask you now if you will close your eyes and join me in a brief word of prayer, and then we'll have a sermonic selection. Derek or April? Am I forgetting something? It seems like I'm forgetting something. We're good? Okay, they gave me the thumbs up, y'all, so I guess we're good. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful that we are once again back in the house of the Lord. Lord God, um, it, it was a long time coming, but last Sunday you allowed us to be able to come on back inside, and thank you for every person who's here. Thank for those who may want to come, but for some reason they cannot come. 
uh, are not ready to come back inside quite yet. We love them, we respect their decision, and we ask you to continue to bless them. Thank you, Lord, that you're providing opportunities for us to still have Facebook Live and still have our conference call-in number that people can listen on and our broadband technology uh, that was actually a donation from another church family. Thank you, Lord, that those in the parking lot can participate in service right in their vehicles. Lord, on this Sunday morning, which is the second Sunday morning in the month of June, I just simply ask you to continue, please, to show us your love, grace, and mercy. And, and not just you show it to us. Let us continue to show it to one another. Lord, there is so much horrible, uh, hateful, and, and violence that goes on in this world. But still, this is your world. It belongs to you. And as long as the saints of God are in this world, there will continue to be agape love. There will be peace. There will be joy. There will be grace and mercy. And Lord, you call upon us. You hold us responsible for showing your love, grace, and mercy, first within ourselves as the body of Christ, and then to those who are unsaved. Lord, we were, we were once lost in our sins, just like some of them are. So help us to remember, Lord, before we become too judgmental and get too, too full of ourselves as holy rollers that it's only by your grace and mercy that we are saved and they are not. But the same way you saved us, Jesus provided the opportunity for us to be saved. He'll provide, he provides opportunity every minute of every day for somebody that's unsaved to become saved. And Lord, you want to use us to draw men unto yourself. So help us to be conscious and have a real desire, a real passion, Lord, for wanting people to get saved. Lord, we don't want people just to come to church on Sunday mornings. We want people to get saved. We pray that when they come into your house of worship, there'll be something said, a song, a testimony, a, 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 a prayer, whatever it may be, that may help them realize they need you. But Lord, the main thing is that we want them to get their soul saved because Lord, we are redeeming the time. And we can look around and see that you could part the sky any minute, Lord. You could come back and first rapture away those of us who are ready now and then after seven years of the tribulation you're going to come back and set your feet on this earth again and make this world your kingdom but until that time lord we want to be ready and we want others to be ready so that whatever moment in time you say come on up with me those that you're going to call the saints that you call out of this world we want to be in the number and be ready but we also want others to get saved as well Thank you for all that you've done, all that you are yet to do. Thank you for blessings and healings, men broken hearts, comfort the bereaved families. Lord, thank you for the resources you provide every day for us to have a comfortable way of life. Most of all, thank you, Jesus, that you died on Calvary's cross. But not only that you died, that you rose again, and that now we have a right to the tree of life when we give our lives to you. Bless every member of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church, family and friends. Bless those in the body of Christ universal. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll have a sermonic selection, and then we will have the word on this morning.
listen. And when you have heartaches, you wonder why. Oh, yeah. But just remember that God is standing nearby. Oh, yeah. And when you have troubles, oh, and don't. Cause he told me that he would always be standing by. That's why I can say, God is standing by. He told me that he would. That's why I don't. I don't have to worry, and I never cry. God. Just remember that he's standing nearby. Oh, yeah. And when you have troubles, oh, and don't cry. Oh, no. Because he told me that he would always be standing by. That's why I can say, no. standing by. Lord, we need you every hour. We need you every minute. We need you every second. Please don't ever break your promise to not leave us nor forsake us, because without you, Lord, we are nothing and we could do nothing. We're thanking you for what you have done to bless us in the years up to this very moment. And Lord, as whatever amount of time you give us left, just use us for your glory. Lord God, we know that if we make your business our priority, you'll take care of our business. We love you. We thank you. Lord, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Church family, let us go today to um, the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. The first book of the Bible chapter 7 verse 1 Genesis chapter 7 verse 1 I'm going to read this from the New International Version the Lord said to Noah go into the ark you and your whole family because I have found you righteous in this generation. Let us reason together from this thought. The only opinion that matters 
is the Lord's. The only opinion that matters is the Lord's. And, and we know that everybody has an opinion. Amen. Everybody, every one of us has an opinion. We, some of us don't always share our opinions publicly, and some of us share too much of our opinions publicly. And that's just, and, and that's just my opinion. But um, some people overshare, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But, but unfortunately, we live in a time when too many people seek out the opinions of other people. Think about it. Social media. We got Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, and we share our lives with complete strangers, mostly seeking their opinions and hopefully to get their approval. Look, think about the talent competitions that are on television. American Idol, The Voice, Dancing with the Stars. All of these competition shows are based on the opinions of judges or judges sharing their opinions with the contestants, right? And then sometimes they let the audience vote and give their opinions too. But, but everybody, I think, should remember this. We don't need a lot of people's opinions about what we say or do because it doesn't matter how well educated or experienced people may be. We're all human. And sometimes our opinions are based on our personal biases and preferences and not necessarily on facts. Amen now. All of us are human, no matter how well-meaning we may be. There's going to come a time when you look at a situation, and you're going to not just look at the facts in front of you. You're going to think about how you feel about it. And so what you tell somebody may be based more on how you feel about it than what the facts are. And, and it's all right. I want to say this. It's all right for Christians to seek the opinions of others. It is. As long as we know that the only opinion that really matters is the Lord's. Not Oprah Winfrey, and she's a gazillionaire, but her opinion doesn't matter more than the Lord's. Not Tucker Carlson, for the conservatives among us. Yeah, people love his, that stuff he talks on Fox News, and, I, and that's fine. People love his opinion, but his opinion is not more important than the Lord. Not Ellen DeGeneres. She's popular. She, she's good to folks. She does a lot of wonderful things. But her opinion still does not matter than the Lord's. We live at a time when it seems that the majority opinion is right and acceptable. Amen. Doesn't matter if the majority is progressive or conservative, whether the majority is straight or LGBTQ, whether the majority is people of color or white people, male or female, whomever has the largest platform and the loudest voices in that moment, they are the majority. And if the majority approves and supports you, you're in good standings. But if the majority does not approve and support you, then you may be publicly canceled. Y'all know what canceling is? The cancel culture, you've heard that term? The cancel culture? That's when the majority says, we don't like her anymore. We don't like him anymore. They've said or done something that we find is so offensive that then nobody should listen to anything they have to say anymore. Amen. When, when you are canceled by the majority, you become a social outcast. And it's very likely you will lose support from family and friends. Amen. Because fam some family and friends are more concerned about what the majority thinks than supporting you as a family or a friend. When you are canceled by the so-called majority, you may even lose opportunities to earn a living. Because some people who are in the public eye have been canceled, and the shows they were on got put off TV, and they got kicked out of shows, and they got fired from jobs. All kinds of things happen when the majority cancels you. One of my schoolmates from Laredo, Texas, recently posted something in our alumni chat room, and I'm going to share this because this is a great message. This is what the guy posted. He said, the truth is still the truth, even if no one believes it. A lie is still a lie, even if everyone believes it. Amen. That's the truth now, y'all. The, the body of Christ, we cannot live our lives seeking the opinions and the approval from people who don't even acknowledge the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Why, why are we going to seek the approval and the support of people who don't even acknowledge our God. Yes, we do need help. 
from unsaved people. I'm not saying we don't ever need other folks' help, and everybody that helps me ain't going to be somebody saved. Look, if my plumbing goes bad at 2 or 3 in the morning, Sister Barbara, I don't care if the man down the street got four ears and a stick coming out the back of his head. If he come fix my plumbing, I'm going to call him. If he got demon spirits coming behind him, I'm going to stand at my door and check them, tell him to come on in and fix my plumbing and send him back out there with them. So we do need help from unsaved people from time to time. That, I'm not saying we don't, but this is what I want us to understand. Our morals and our values should come from the word of Jehovah God and not from the opinions of unsaved people. Our morals and our values should come from the word of God and not from the opinion of unsaved people. When we talk about issues of right and wrong, the only opinion that matters is the Lord's. Now, let's see what we can learn and apply from the life of Noah. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. The scripture says that the Lord himself was talking directly to Noah. And the Lord told Noah, I find you to be righteous among the people he said, of that generation. Amen. That's important. He found Noah to be righteous among the people of Noah's generation. Let, let's go back a little bit. Let me go take you back a little bit. According to Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, Noah lived at a time when the Lord was grieved. God was angry. He was distressed, amen, by the sin and the wickedness in Noah's day. The Lord decided to flood the earth with water and completely wipe out every living person, animal, and even the birds. There was so much water on the earth during the flood, y'all, the birds couldn't even escape. Because you know birds can't fly forever. They got to come down sooner or later, and there was nowhere for them to come down but on water. And so they would come down and they would drown because they were tired. So the Lord wiped out everything that lived on the earth in Noah's day. But in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, it says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 says, Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Now, I suggest to us that Noah's story is also our story. I believe we live in a time when the sin and wickedness of humanity grieves the Lord. Millions of people around the world reject Jesus Christ. And not only that, we collectively have made a mockery of what God calls the truth. The majority of people don't care what the Lord says is right and what's wrong. Just look around the world we live in. The majority, they don't care what God says is right. And what God says is wrong, they care about what they say is right and what they say is wrong. What Jesus said in St. John chapter 3, verses 17 through 21, I think this describes the world we're in today. This is what Jesus himself said in St. John chapter 3, verses, 3, verses 17 through 21. Jesus said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, St. John chapter 3, verse 18. Whoever believes in God's Son is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Verse 19. Jesus is still talking, y'all. This is the verdict. Light, which is God's Son, has come into the world but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for, for his or her evil deeds, for fear that his or her evil deeds will be exposed. Let me read that again. Verse 20 says, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come to the light for fear that his or her evil deeds will be exposed. That's why folks don't come to Jesus. Because they are afraid that their evil deeds will be exposed. And that's not because of you and I pointing fingers at them telling them that we're righteous and holy. They're not. You can't get in the presence of God and not feel his holy presence. You can't get around Jesus Christ in his presence and not be, be 
struck with awe by his holiness compared to my sinfulness. Amen. Even if I'm a good person, I still don't measure up. Verse 21. But whoever lives by the truth comes to the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Listen to that again. Verse 21. Whoever lives by the truth comes to the light so that it may be seen plainly that whatever he has done has been done through God. In other words, no, I can't measure up to a, I can't be holy and righteous by myself, but I don't have to. What I do is I give my life to Jesus Christ and I trust him and his holiness covers me. His righteousness covers me. Now, I got to have a do right and want to live right attitude, but God knows I'm not perfect. He knows you're not perfect. I'm not making excuses for any of it. I'm just telling the truth. God knows we're not going to dot every I and cross every T. My every thought, my every word, my every action will not be always right in God's way of seeing righteousness, and neither will yours. But that's why his blood covers me, and his blood covers you. And when the devil stands in front of the Father in heaven and starts pointing a finger at me or Jerry or, 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 or anybody and say, well, you know, look at what he just did. Jesus said, uh-uh, I already died for that. That's covered by my blood. We're not holy and righteous because of us. We're holy and righteous because of him. That's why we should come to the light. You don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed about the things you've done in your past. God already knew you were going to do them. He says, come to me and I'll make you white as snow. He didn't say come to me and take a bar of soap and wash up all day and scrub your back and take a hot shower and then maybe I'll forgive you. He said, just come to me. He said, if you start coming, I'm going to run meet you halfway. That's what the story about the, um, the prodigal son is about. The story of the prodigal son is in the Bible to tell every person that's in sin, all you have to do is make up your mind that you want the Lord to save you. And you start walking towards him. He's not going to wait for you to get there. He's going to run, grab you before you even get a couple of steps. So no sinner, nobody who feels that they are not saved has any reason to be afraid to not come to Jesus. He already knows about my mess and your mess. He died for my mess and your mess. But he wants us to love him enough and trust him enough to come on to him. And he said, I'll take care of it. Just come on to me. I got you. And then once he's got us, nobody can accuse us of anything. Noah was the only person God called righteous in his day. God instructed Noah to build an ark to save his family and some specific types of animals. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, and in Genesis chapter 7, verse 5. Let me say those two again. In Genesis chapter 6, 22, and in Genesis chapter 7, verse 5, both of those verses say that Noah did what the Lord commanded him to do. That's why Noah was righteous. That's why he was righteous among his people. He did what the Lord commanded him to do. Lord Noah was not a sinless man. Let's be for real about it. He was not a sinless man. In Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 through 28, we read the story about how one time after the ark was back on dry land, Noah planted a grapevine. He planted a grape vineyard. And one day he got drunk, which was a sin. Now, let me be clear, because I know as soon as I said that, some folk probably kind of, what about that little glass of wine I had last night? You okay if you didn't get drunk? Noah's sin was that he got drunk, not because he drank wine. And the Bible backs that up. The Bible says, do not be drunk in wine and strong drink. I don't know how in the church world we got it in our heads that anybody that's drinking any kind of drink is, is, is all, all, you know, they got to be a sinner. Tell me, why would Jesus go to a, a, a wedding party and make wine for folk for them to drink if he was going to turn around and accuse them of being sinners? They didn't have no more wine, and they couldn't make no more wine. Jesus made the wine, gave it to them. The word says, do not be drunk in wine and strong drink. So that was Noah's sin that he got drunk, not because he was drinking. His three sons found him drunk and naked. Still, in the Lord's opinion, and the Lord's opinion is the only one that matters, in the Lord's opinion, Noah was a righteous man. In fact, if you go over in the New Testament to the book of Hebrews and look at chapter 11, that's what some of us call the, 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 the faith chapter, and we say it's the hall of faith. Noah's name is mentioned there 
because he was in, he was a righteous man. It means he was in right standing with the Lord. I've said it before and I'll keep saying it because I hope we really believe this. To be righteous simply means that you want, it's your heart's desire for your, work, your thoughts and your words and your actions to please the Lord. That's what being righteous is. Being righteous is not that my thoughts are always perfect. My words are always perfect. My actions are always perfect. I can't be perfect. The, Paul said as long as we live in this right here, this, this temple that we call flesh, it's going to be subject to sin. Now, I mean, that's not an excuse to sin, but I'm saying as this is imperfect. This right here is imperfection. We're going to one day be transformed to perfection. So what do I do between now and the time that I shed off this and I get the imperfect, the, the perfected body? I live under the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ because that's what makes me whole. That's what washes away my sin. That's what takes the stain and the sting away from me. Not because of anything I'm doing. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ. So, so I, I mean, I, I need you to understand that Noah was not a perfect man, but the Lord said he was righteous. That means that Noah's, his heart's desire was that his thoughts and his words and his actions would be pleasing to the Lord. You know who else was a righteous man? And y'all know his story better than I do. The Lord said not only David was a righteous man, the Lord said David's a man after my own heart. And we know how badly David mixed, messed up. But go read the Psalms. Go read the Psalms that David wrote to the Lord. Some of them he started writing when he was a shepherd boy on the backside of the hill taking care of his father's sheep. The Psalms make it very clear. David's heart was that towards, towards the Lord. He loved the Lord dearly. And David's heart's desire was to be pleasing to the Lord. That's why the Lord said he's a man after my own heart, because he wants to please me. So we are righteous even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't look like it, even when we don't act like it. We are righteous because the difference between you and me and people who are, full, who are not saved is if and when we sin, the Holy Spirit is going to be on us and what we're going to do. We're going to confess it. We may not, I may not go run tell Marvin, but I'm going to go somewhere and get on my knees and say, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. I know, Lord, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Whatever punishment you want to give me, Lord, lay it on me because I want you to forgive me. And I want you to receive me back into yourself. And he said, once I confess those sins, what's he going to do? He's going to forgive me of those sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's why we're righteous when we have a heart that desires to live in a way that pleases the Lord. Amen. Let me go on to finish. Y'all know that folks harassed and ridiculed Noah as he spent years building that ark. But Noah rejected the opinion of people and he obeyed the voice of the Lord. In today's world, Christians, we must reject the opinions, any opinions that do not agree with the truth of God's word. We have to be willing to object any opinion that does not agree with the truth of God's word. And we have to be prepared to be harassed. We may be ridiculed. We might even be canceled by the so-called majority. But that's okay, because here's the good news for today. In St. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, our Lord and Jesus Christ himself said, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all manners of evil against you because of me. He said, because you should rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you, they're going to persecute you. So if you get canceled for being on the Lord's side, just don't worry about it. You're on the right side. You're on the winning side. And let me say this. I know it hurts. I know it hurts, especially for children and young people to not be invited to parties and social gatherings because people think you're too holy and they don't want you to be around them. I, I know that hurts, but, but let me encourage you. Do your best to live to please the Lord. And somehow, some way, the Lord will connect you with a good group of people who will welcome you into their group and they'll make you feel right at home. I say to every person in the body of Christ, don't allow opinions of unsaved people to influence how you live. The only opinion that matters is the Lord. And I'm closing now. The unsaved majority doesn't protect you from dangers 
seen and unseen. The Lord does that. The unsaved majority doesn't provide you with opportunities that maybe you weren't even qualified for. The Lord does that. The unsaved majority doesn't give you good mental and physical health so you can go to work or go to school or even like most of y'all here, enjoy your retirement benefits. They don't do that. The Lord does that. The unsaved majority won't comfort you when you're lonely or when nobody understands what you're going through, when your heart is broken. The unsaved majority is not going to come and bring you comfort. Only the Lord does that. The unsaved majority can't forgive your sins and make you righteous. The Lord does that. I know that's right because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and I'm paraphrasing, God the Father made his son Jesus, who was not a sinner, to become sin for all humanity, and anybody and everybody that believes in Jesus becomes righteous in God's eyes. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become righteous in the eyes of the Lord. Don't worry about the majority's opinion. The only opinion that matters is the Lord. And if people say you're crazy for trusting the Lord, you be crazy. Because you're going to be crazy saved. You're going to be crazy blessed. You're going to be crazy with favor. You're going to be crazy with protection. You're going to be crazy with provision. You're going to be crazy with promotion. You're going to be all kinds of good crazy that they can't understand. Because it was crazy for Jesus to leave heaven and come down through 42 generations, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to walk among people who cussed him and called him a bastard child, and he went around healing them anyway, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to let them falsely accuse him and take him to Pilate's judgment hall where he was falsely accused again, but he did it. It was crazy of Jesus to let them take him outside Herod's judgment hall and beat him almost to death, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to take a 250, 300-pound cross on his shoulder, almost dead, and walk up Galgutha's rugged hill almost by himself, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to let folks take something to look just like this this railroad stake, and nail it in his hands or his wrist and nail it in his feet, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to stay on that cross and let them pierce him in his side, but he did it, and I'm so glad he did because when his blood came out, that's what washed away our sins. And somebody wrote, as Pastor used to say, somebody hymnless took a, a pen and he wrote, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It was crazy for Jesus to let them take him off that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb, but he did it. It was crazy for Jesus to stay there in that tomb all Friday and all Saturday. Why? Because he could have got up any time he wanted to, but he did it. And the Bible says on Sunday morning that we call Easter, early on a Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power and trusted in his hands. The Bible says in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, all power belongs to Jesus. That's why his opinion is the only opinion that matters. Just his opinion, y'all. We need the help of unsaved people. We are to love unsaved people and love them sincerely. But when it comes to our morals and our values, we have to go by God's word and, and folk not going to like it but hey, I know who my source is, and it ain't you. God may use you to help me, but he's my source. That's why God can let wicked and evil people, and they're not all wicked and evil. Forgive me, Holy Spirit. I need, I need to change that. I just got convicted. God will let unsaved people take things from you when you're trying to do right by God's standards. He'll let them take it from you. And it, be, it can be unjust and unfair. But you know what? He'll let them take things from you, and then he'll replace it with something better. Do it every time. And God has a, a funny kind of math that I still can't understand. Because the Lord can take less and do more with it than you could do when you had more. I'm a witness to that. Some of y'all are witnesses, too. Some of us living better in retirement than we ever did when we were working every single day.
You ain't got half the money you made when you were working every day. But your money stretches further. You ain't just getting by, you're doing good. Peace of mind, good health. Come on now. Only the Lord can do that. So it's only his opinion that matters in this world. And one day, church family, please understand this. And I, this is not my opinion. This is his word. The day will come when the whole world is going to have to recognize that it's the opinion of the Lord Jesus Christ that matters the most. Why? Because he already said in his word, a day will come when what? When every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Only the Lord's opinions matters. If you've heard this message today by whatever way you heard it, or if you're in this sanctuary and you're not saved, and you feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit to give your life to Jesus today, would you please repeat this simple prayer right after me? Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Wherever you are, whenever you hear this message, if that was you and you prayed that prayer, the Bible says now you are saved. Your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when you take your last breath, whenever it may be, wherever it may be, heaven will be your home. But not only that, because you're saved, now you have the right to all the promises and all the favor of God on this side of eternity. And let me say this right now, because there are a couple of people I'm looking at in my mind and not calling them by name, but let me say this. I pray that this would encourage you. Even as you're going through whatever you're going through, keep on giving God praise. Keep on giving God glory. Keep on saying, God, I trust you. God, I love you. Keep on deciding to have a bad moment, but get over it and don't wallow in it. And watch the Lord give you peace of mind. Watch him comfort you. Watch him begin to turn some things around in a positive way that you'll know it's only the Lord. Watch him give you favor in situations that sometimes with complete strangers. Watch him heal your body. Watch him restore your mind. He'll do it. He'll do it. And it ain't always easy. Anybody says that it is always easy, you're not telling the truth now. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to God. But the challenge for us, and I, and I, I am, I'm going to shut my mouth with this because it's 1058. I'm going to shut my mouth with this. The challenge for us is to learn how to trust him anyway, in spite of, in the midst of, while we're going through. That's the challenge. That's the challenge for us to say, Calvin, the challenge for me, man, is to say, Lord, no matter how my flesh is feeling, I still want to do right. Help me do right, Lord. Because if you don't help me, Lord, I ain't going to do right on my own. That's my challenge. But he does. And he will. Tell you. I said this outside to Brother Garland and Sister Gloria. And I do believe it. The Lord Jesus could part these skies any second and rapture away the servants of God who are here right now. Y'all know that's not the end. He's going to take the church out of the world. There'll be seven years of tribulation. You don't want to be here for that. If you think it's, you think it's messy and, and terrible and horrible now, you don't want to be here when the tribulation starts because the killings that we see over there, they're going to be in front of your house. It's going to be horrible. But the good news is nobody has to be here when that happens. Revelation tells us seven years after he raptures out the church, the Lord Jesus is coming back with all of us. He's going to put his feet, physically put his feet on the earth again, and he's going to reestablish his kingdom right here. We need to be ready. 
And you, and you can be ready. Ain't nothing special you got to do. Just keep trusting the Lord. Just like you're doing right now. Just keep trusting him. If, if you mess up, tell him you're sorry. Have a heart that wants to think right, speak right, do right. Let that be your heart desire. God, the Holy Spirit will help you with the rest. Amen. Everybody stand just right where you are, please. Thank you for your patience with me today. I got a little longer than I wanted to be, but it was just in me to say what I said. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest ruin about us henceforth forevermore. Amen. Let the church say Listen, men, I ain't gonna, I, we ain't getting out of here without hearing it today. June Men's Month, our assessment is $100, our donation above our tithes and offering. You got the whole month of June. Please do what you can. Do what you can. I know you will. Thank you.